Good morning. How are you? Good, good, good. Just looking up something here real quick. I want to talk to you this morning about moving into fullness. All right. And uh, the, God has a plan for us. And a lot of times we don't move into the fullness of it. And we need to move into the fullness of what God has. Uh, let, me, let me show you something real quick. Let's turn to Galatians 6. And just hold your place there. Let me show you something. All right. So let's say that uh, we have a scale here. And right here is 100%. So right here is 50. And right here is uh, about 25 and 75. Now, 100%. This is 100% output for your life. Okay? So this is 100% what the Lord wants uh, the ministry of your life to, to put out and to have a harvest of to build the kingdom while you're here on this earth, all right? How many people do you think reach that? <laughs> Jesus did. Anybody else? I don't know anybody. But do we, what we were talking about on Wednesday was that there are ways to increase the harvest of our righteousness. And we talked several weeks ago, we did a big series talking about uh, winning our faith projects, right? And it's a very important series. But in winning our faith projects, one of the things that we talked about was it was very important for us to not exit the race, right? So let's look here at uh, Galatians 6 and verse 9. And it says, Let us not lose heart in doing good for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary let's put that up in the King James as well this is where uh, where it tells us this let us not be weary and well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not a lot of times people will exit the race of faith early and they will not win their faith projects because in the middle of doing good they take the exit ramp and there's something that the Lord showed John and I were talking a few minutes ago there's something that the Lord showed me uh, and Nicole years ago and uh, I want to show it to you so let's say that right here alright that was no good I got one here let's say that right here I'm going to try to do this as dark as I can so you can see it well. This is the beginning of your life, and that's the end. Now, here is age zero, when you were born. Now, how many years does God tell us that we can and we have the possibility of living? 120. 120, right. So, 120 years, I think that's Genesis 6-3. Or 3-6, I think it's 6-3. And then in uh, Psalms, I think it's around Psalms 90, it talks about you living uh, 
70 years. But those verses there, and that's what most people live off of is 70 years because they've taken that as truth. But that was actually in Psalms talking to the Israelites in the desert who were in rebellion. And so their life had to be shortened so that they could get the whole crowd over into the promised land. So he cut those years short. That's not for man. He made that statement back in Genesis where he said the number of a man's years should be 120. So 120 is what we should be believing for. And you're going to see why that's important. All right, here's 60. And here's 30. And here's 90. Just breaking it down in 30-year increments, okay? Now, some years ago, Nicole and I were getting ready to go to a Bible school and we were in uh, presumption, and we thought we were supposed to go. We thought that was the way to go. We had already been accepted. The next week we were going to move out there. Uh, the only trouble with that was we had no money, we had no job, we had no place to live. But we were going to do it anyway. <laughs> we were going to make it happen. We were going to trust God. Yeah, and that sounded good, and we'd have been so wrong. And so we were sitting there, we were reading a book, and I was reading a book one day, and the Lord started talking to me about what I'm going to show you right now. And so what he did was he, he said, look, you are in a rush. And the reason you're in a rush is because the devil through your flesh has taught you to fear a lack of time. And so one of the key statements that the devil used on me was this. He'd say, you messed up for so long now you need to make it up you need to hurry up and or and then he combined that with time is short Jesus is coming soon you better get about it so you gotta understand the way the devil the devil plays the devil he says that we need to be wise about that so what he will do is he will use whatever you're giving against you he'll try to so if you're not if you're not even close to going after God he'll just leave you alone right or if you're lukewarm, he'll just leave you alone, okay? He'll just leave you alone. That's no problem. But if you at some point decide to get hot for God, then what he does immediately, once he sees that you're serious about being hot for God, then what he does is he tries to burn you out. Or he tries to get you outside of the will of God so he can get you to the place where there's no provision, stuff like that. So we were about what he was already, he had already seen, I'm serious. And that probably runs through my family line. We're, we're serious people. <laughs> you know? But it was, a, we would, in other words, we had resolve. And we, what we set our mind to and our heart to, we would make those things happen. We would do that outside of the kingdom of God. But when the kingdom of God came, man, now and we've got purpose and God's provision and anointing behind it, we could get some things done if we set our heart to it. And so I imagine that he was looking at some of that and he was already trying to get me to rush, rush, rush. i got to make up time, right? So what he did was he tried to get us to jump ahead of God's plan, jump ahead of God's schedule, and he tried to rush us. Learn the emotion of fear. Learn the emotion of fear because you know if you ever feel that or ever sense that, it ain't God. Amen? <laughs> so, because there's no fear in love and God is love. So learn the emotion of fear. So anyway, it's very, very important for us to recognize that. So 
we were getting ready to move, and God said, basically, he said, I don't want you to go. And I'm like, why not? And he started talking to me that day, and he showed me this picture that I'm going to show you. So what he did was, he said, I want you, at this time, I think I was right at 30, and so we'll do here 10 and 20 years. And at 18 or 17, I graduated high school. At about 25 is when I really went all in for God. But what he did was he said, I want you to review your life from the time you were born till you graduated high school. And I want you to think about every event that ever happened from the time you were born that you can remember at this moment, from the time you were born till you graduated high school. And I said, okay. And I started thinking, and he started helping me. He was bringing back some thoughts. And man, I did a ton of stuff from the time I was born. I was thinking through all this childhood memories and, and learning and multiplication tables and this and that and, and uh, don't tell Nicole first girlfriends and stuff like that. And uh, she wants to lay hands on them still. And, uh, but anyway, I'm thinking back through all these memories, good times, mistakes, everything, Till I graduated, Nicole said, like those first girlfriends. And uh, those mistakes, you know. And um, I'm thinking back through all this stuff that happened, and I realized, man, there's a ton of stuff that I did. A lot of stuff happened during that period of time. Well, once I graduated high school, things changed a little bit. Went to the Marines, started working, you know, moving into jobs, different things. By this time we had moved. And he said, now I want you to think about from the time you graduated high school till the time that you were 25, and I want you to think about everything that you went through and learned. And I was like, man, it was, it was like a whole nother life. I mean, it was so, so much stuff. And I went, I went, wow, that was a lot, you know, when you just stop and thought about it. It was a lot of stuff. And then he said, now, you've been going after me pretty wholeheartedly now for about five years. He said, I want you to think about how much have you grown in those five years. Well, that answer was huge. I mean, it was like I had people, you know, in the church that we were going to and that were like, I cannot believe how fast Brian and Nicole are growing. I can't believe how much they're growing. They're so strong, powerful. You know, we were hearing testimonies like that. And that was just because I had turned my heart over to him fully, and he was able to do that. And so he said, now look, here you are at 30. I want you to think about all that that's happened in that period of time. I said, man, I've, I've already had a lifetime. That's a bunch. That's awesome. And the first thing he said to me was this. He said, you, you've done a lot more. When you sit down and you stop and think, you've done a lot more than you think you have. Life is longer than a lot of people give it credit. In this scenario and in this context, the devil wants to scare you into burning out. Why? So that at age 60 or 70, you're gone to heaven, but now you're not here anymore to do any more work from God. He tries to burn you out quickly or sooner if he can. He said, so he used fear tactics to get you to try and rush everything. That's what was happening. That's why you, you were uh, feeling like you needed to go to school when I never told you to go to school. And I went, oh, okay. And I was starting to see it. He said, but now I want you to look at something. He said, think about everything that happened between 
0 to 30, and then I want you to add another 30 years to it. Think about the level that you're at spiritually at 30, and now think if you added 30 more years of going after me as an adult where you would be spiritually. Well, that caught my attention. All of a sudden, I'm like, five years exploded. I can only imagine what the next five years would bring. You know, holy cow, this is going to be awesome. And then I thought, 30 years, oh my goodness. And then he said this, and this one was like an extra layer of goodness, you know. He said, but listen, at this next 30 years, you're not starting at zero like you started here. This is multiples on top of what you already know right now and what you're moving and operating in right now. Where will your wisdom be? Where will your anointing be? Where will your, your ability to help other people be at that age? So I'm like, ooh, man, that, that excited me. And then he said, think about that level and then think about the next 30. Where will you be at the end of that 30? Are you getting it? Are you seeing it? And then, of course, he said, now think about the next 30. All of a sudden, I was starting to see some stuff, some plans. All right, and, and I realized that had I continued on my path where the Lord had 100% of a plan, had he not shown this to me, there's no way I would have hit that 100% because I was rushing things up. And if I don't know to believe God for that length of life, I would have been in here when I'm the most valuable. I remember being in the Marines, and one of the things that happened was I had a ton of training in the Marines, I thought. There's other guys that had more, but I had a lot of training. And when it came time to get me out because they were cutting numbers, here they have somebody that's gone through all this leadership, has one of the most technical uh, jobs that is in the military, and here they go, and they never even talked to me about staying. Never even talked to me about staying in. And I thought, what a waste. Now, part of that was me being ticked off at them for not talking to me. But it was, you know. We're not going to talk about that. But I'm thinking, what a waste. What a waste if somebody lets the devil rush them and at 60 or 70 they check out when, that's, when they have all the anointing and wisdom that God could have in them. What a waste. And so that really renewed my faith and desire to believe God to be on this earth longer where Paul says, look, to die is gain but to live is Christ. I really got my first good picture of that with this illustration because I could see that down here, this guy down here in his 80s, 90s, 100, <clears throat> think of the anointing. Think of this, this person, the anointing, the wisdom. They speak one word and chains break off of somebody because they know what's going on. They know how to deal with it. They have that anointing. I mean, think of that power and anointing that that person should be operating in. And the Lord said this. He said, slow down. You don't have to make all your decisions today. And then later on, I was in, in a hotel room doing, uh, calling on a customer. And I was speaking to the Lord, and the Lord said, you get your fellowship right with me, and I'll show you what to do and when 
and I'll make it clear. And you just relax in me. And so I was seeing, all right, this is how I move into the fullness. And then he showed me this. So he said, and this is something that he said to me a lot recently. How do we measure growth? Like in the church, how do we measure growth? We measure growth by, you know, how many people are sitting in here and stuff like that. That's not the way that God measures growth. The world really measures growth that way, but that's not the way that God, and it's not the way that we should measure growth. And the Lord asked me this several months ago. You've heard me say it. He said, if you're being obedient to me, you're growing. If you're saying yes to me, it can look like to the world that you are not growing. But if you're being obedient, you're growing, and I'm going to show you how that works. So here, and I'm going to talk in terms of a minister, but I want you to apply it to your life, okay? But I'm going to talk in terms of a minister and a ministry because that's how the Lord showed it to me. So he said, when you start your life out, you start building a foundation. In other words, I start building in you. The Lord is trying to get us to the fullness of his plan for you. I know the plans that I have for you in Jeremiah. Good plans to give you a future and a hope. God has plans for you, and they are good. And he is going to give us the tools to fulfill that plan. Amen? He's going to give you the tools to fulfill that plan. And so as soon as you're born... He starts pouring into your foundation. Now, if it's like me, I knew somewhere back here around 10 that I was probably supposed to pastor, that I was supposed to be a minister of some sort. Well, that continued to grow, and you know, from about 14 to 25, I wasn't really going after God strong after my parents got divorced. I just really wasn't going after them that strong. But 25, that thing turned around. I met Nicole and everything changed. She pointed me towards the Lord, towards Jesus. <laughs> no, she got, we started going, thank you. Chris marked one in my category there. And we, we, started, we started dating and not long after that, we started going back to church again. She got born again and when she got born again, we started turning more towards the Lord. And as she was growing up in the Lord for the first time, uh, my childhood that I'd grown up in the Lord, I was starting to grow up in him as an adult. And so during this time, if I've got a calling to be a minister, what do you think happened the instant I started turning back towards him? He, he started talking to me about pastoring, ministering. He started talking to me about that stuff. He, he received me with open arms. He wasn't mad at me. But he started, he started talking to me about his plan. It didn't take long. I started feeling the call to preach, to minister. I started going, before long, I started going to some prisons and some jails and preaching to them and just loving on them, you know. All right, now, but when you have this period of time that was kind of that dark spot in your life and the devil sees that now you're all in and he wants to burn you out, he starts talking to you about jumping the gun and getting out in front of God. And, and you have to realize that all of your thoughts are not all from you. A lot of them come through our corrupted flesh, but some of them come through our spirit as well. But some of them come from spiritual forces, right? 
And so here he was, he was trying to get me, all right, I'm not going to turn this guy away from Jesus. I think that he was clear on that, even though he still would go ahead and try. But he would say this, I'm going to, if I can't turn him, I'm going to burn him out. I'm going to remind him of these dark years and how much he needs to make up time. And how much the time is short till Jesus comes. And I'm going to remind him of that. And what's he trying to do at this point? He knows that I'm going to have some kind of output in the plan of God. He just wants to take it down as far as it can go. And even if he can't stop me, let me burn him out so that he dies soon, so that he won't, he won't be a help to other people, so that he dies too early. And so what the Lord started doing was building the foundation, but somewhere around this age 30, here's what was springing up inside of me. And this is my flesh now. I've got to have ministry. I gotta have a ministry. I gotta have a ministry. I gotta have a ministry. I gotta do it. I'm wasting time. I'm wasting time. And all of a sudden, we were getting ready to step and go to a school that God never told us to do. Do you think there would have been God's provision out there for us? No. He would I would have found his mercy, but not it wasn't his plan. Even though it was a good school, it wasn't I would have found his mercy but not his provision. And so what happened is uh, I'm, the Lord says this is what happens. A lot of times people will be pressured to start building their ministry. And so to speak, they will come up out of the ground with their ministry. But the problem is their foundation is limited. And as soon as you come up out of the ground, you immediately incur maintenance. Well, it's a lot, let me tell you, it's a lot easier to build a big foundation then come up out of the ground than to build a foundation and then add on. And he says, so I see a lot of ministers around your age, somewhere between you know, 25 and 40, and the devil puts pressure on them through their, fear, uh, through their fear in fear of loss that they need to have a ministry just like he's doing with you. And what you need to do is slow down, listen to me, and if you don't hear from me, don't do it. You know, and, and so what happened is they come up out of the ground and their ministry is good. I'm going to bless it. I'm going to have mercy on it. But we'll talk about percentages in a, in a while. But for me to add on to that is very difficult because now they've got something up and going and it's hard for them to let go of it. He said, but my plan is I want people to not grow weary in well-doing and he says, if you allow your foundation to grow, how much, how big can I then grow the ministry? Now, I'm using, you know, preacher terms. So now you've got this house here. You've got this ministry, or I give myself to not growing weary and well-doing, and I build this one. See, I want you to see something. This ministry where the person has given themselves to the goodness of God and the foundation time of God will have rooms, anointings, power that this ministry that came up out of the ground early will never have. It'll never have it. In other words, there could be, I mean, there might be a, a healing anointing here. And this, this ministry can never have it, but this one, it'll be easy for it 
Why? Because they gave themselves to foundation. And then the, that's when the Lord told me some years later, if you're being obedient, you're growing. You are growing. Why? Because here's the thing. Whatever you go down into the ground, what comes up out of the ground is multiples of that. He said, what if somebody gave themselves to me for this? Now look at this house. What if they gave themselves to me for the 120 years? All of a sudden, you're seeing pieces inside of here that, that you're talking about a massive, massive ministry. And let me tell you, when, that, when your flesh starts bothering you about your wasting time and everything, it can get really strong. I felt like it was about to kill me several times. I mean, my feelings and my sense was so pressure-filled and so packed with, with fear of loss. If I don't start soon, I'm missing the prime years. What was Moses' prime years? The guy we still talk about today. He was out here at 80. Smith Wigglesworth. He was 40. He didn't, he didn't do anything before he was 40. Your prime years are whatever God says it is. I don't care how old you are or where you're at in your timeline. Give yourself over to God and watch what he can do. See, now look at this. If I start coming up out of the ground with a ministry or a plan or a project or anything in my life ahead of God's schedule, this, what percentage of this, if this 121 is 100% of God's plan, what percentage would this be? Maybe, maybe 10, honestly, 10, 15. This one would be about 25%. That's about a quarter of it. So, see, just in this, this right here, we're looking at, we come out of the ground too early, we're looking at, you know, 10, 15, 20% tops. Why? Because we haven't given ourselves to do good and to keep doing good. And what's good? Whatever God has said to do. If God didn't say it, it can look good, but that don't make it good. We need obedience to God. We need to be able to hear from Him and do those things. The only thing that's going to... And see, now what is this? What, the only thing that's going to help us is hearing from God and being obedient. And what are we talking about? Are we talking about our rewards in heaven if we do good and get 100%? No, if we get 100%, if our heart is right, what are we really doing? 100% of God's plan. We're advancing the kingdom. Giving ourselves to foundational time is seeking the kingdom first. But a lot of people don't get that. Why? Because I can tell you, once I hit 30, uh, it was uh, 2009 when we started. So how old was I when we started the church? 36? Yeah. No, I was 35. So... <laughs> That was, look, in between the time the Lord started talking to me to 35 when we started the church. And we felt like at that time we heard from him. But we waited from the time that God called me to preach was nine years. Well, I'm going to tell you, he called me to preach in 2000. We started it in 2009. In the middle of it is when he told me to wait. I still had another five years. I was wanting to go at 30. 
I wanted to go. I, man, I'm telling you, in between that time, by the time we got to the time where we uh, started Boomerang, man, my flesh was like, oh, if I don't start ministering, if I don't start preaching, oh, my goodness, I feel like I'm going to die. And I did. But was I? No, I just felt like that. I had to give myself to the foundational time. The Lord, right before we started the ministry, this is what he said. He said, I'm looking for people that will do the right things for long periods of time. In this is Christianity, and here's what I'm talking about. Think about this. Think about somebody that for two years says they love Jesus, but then in year three they backslide. What kind of witness is that to the world? And I've done it. I think we've all done that on, on some level. But what kind of witness is that? Not a good one. It doesn't help. But what kind of witness is it if you look back and that person has been going after Jesus for 20 years and when you see them, they are full of the life of God, the joy of the Lord. They're strengthened. You can do them wrong and they'll still love on you. What kind of witness is that? Somebody who's done the right things. Because during that 20 years, did people do the wrong things to them? Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. It'll take just a week or two. <laughs> somebody will do the But we don't do the wrong things because somebody else did the wrong thing. Right. Our responsibility is to do the right things for long periods of time and not grow weary in well-doing. This right here is winning your faith project. Because a lot of times, and, and think about this. This is something that we, uh, John and I shared. This was really powerful. He talked about, you know, sometimes having a feeling of it's over. So this is the life of Jesus. And then we get to the place where the cross came. And at that point... Where did the heart of the disciples go once Jesus died? They thought it's over. It's over. They were at, it's over. But here's the thing. We know that it wasn't over. We know that he rose up from the grave. We know that his life, that's when it really began. When he came up out of that grave. That's when the real stuff happened. That's when the real ministry went to work because he multiplied himself. But I want you to think about something. Jesus had done everything right. Have you ever been in a situation where you feel like you were right, but you got done wrong? And, and what is, does that like encourage you to still be good? <laughs> or does that encourage you to, you know, come to an agreement? <laughs> right? Well, Jesus actually didn't do anything wrong, ever. He comes to the people that actually he was dying for, and they kill him. All his disciples leave him. He's beaten, bloodied, tortured, on the cross. Now, he's, he's not rich anymore. He's been made poor. And this is something that you and I do not know. We do not have a comprehension of this. 
he says, my God, my God, talking to his father, why have you forsaken me? Let me tell you, you and I have never felt the forsaking of God. We've never felt that. We don't know, we cannot grasp what that feels like. But on the cross, in his weakest moment, he had to feel that. So that you and I never would. It's a huge point. But I'm telling you, he had all the feelings of I've done everything right. I haven't done anything wrong, and they're killing me for it. They've beaten me. They've tortured. I have nothing left. Plus, we know that he had every sin and disease on his body in that moment. And in the, imagine, think about how he felt. Think about his feelings. Think about his feelings that his flesh would be trying to tell him at that moment. That's bad enough, right? Would you want to say it's over? Would you want to say it's over? I guarantee it. Any one of us, we'd be like, this stinks. I'm not doing this. And then in the midst of that, in the midst of it, Jesus says, why have you now forsaken me, Father, in the midst of that? Can you imagine the hopelessness that would be felt at that moment? Now see, the eyes of the disciples, they went on, you know, and, and even after they saw Jesus, after he rose, the disciples were like, I'm going fishing. They still were in, it's overthinking. They still were in that. Even after they saw Jesus rise up from the grave. They were still in that thinking. But yet, Jesus, before he had even been resurrected, his next words after, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, were, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. So what happened was he had eyes here and he was looking up at God and he was looking over to the promise and in the middle of feeling the worst in the middle of feeling the worst and having the father forsake he looked to the promise of God took hope took faith and gave up the ghost and died everybody else is saying it's over but Jesus said let me show you how to do it I'm not going to get weary and well doing I won't quit I won't give up Right now, we've laid, I've laid the foundation, 33 years of life as a foundation that God's about to bring up out of the ground. He's about to bring up a ministry out of the ground. And I'm willing to pay that price. Look at the heart of Jesus. I'm willing to pay that price, have everybody turn on me, and still maintain faith into death where everybody else said it's over. We need some people, and not just boomerang. God needs some people who will do the right thing for long periods of time and will be willing to go through foundational stages so that God can build something magnificent. Now, I'm, am I talking about the church? Sure, I'm talking about that, but I'm really more talking about your personal life. You may be going through something. You may be in the middle of something. 
You may be feeling like, man, there's just no hope. And that right there is the moment when you need to turn your eyes to the promises of God, turn your eyes to heaven and say, oh, I take hope in you. And no matter, let's say that this is not the end of my foundational period of time. It doesn't matter. I'm still going to trust and hope in you and I will see the salvation of the Lord. Amen. That's who we are in Christ. He's always leading us to triumph. He's always leading us to victory. And no matter what we do, if we will just set our heart to hear from Him and be obedient, if we'll just set our heart to hear from Him and be obedient, be patient to not grow weary in well-doing, but just keep doing good things, God things, for long periods of time, God will bring up something out of the ground in your life that will be worthy of glorifying God to the fullest. And that's the point. That's a kingdom focus. And the plan that God has will not stop here at 50 years or 50%, but will go on to the fullness of what God has for you. This is how we move into the fullness that God has for us. It takes a patience. It takes a heart. It takes an obedience to the Lord for long periods of time. Amen? Father, right now we just praise you. We worship you. Lord, I just ask right now that your words will be heard in the hearts of people. That they will take hope. That even in the midst of, of things not going right and not looking good, they will take hope in you. Hope in your promises. Hope in who you are, your character and your nature. And they will rise up in obedience for long periods of time. Lord, let that foundation be built on the strength of their love towards you and your love towards them. Let, let their foundation be built so strong that when you take it up out of the ground, no person will be able to look at what you've done in their life and not give you glory. Father, we praise you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great day. We'll see you in a little bit.